Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome back, Goodwill Church family. Great to be with you again on this episode of Goodwill Talk. My name is Marcus Ortega. I'm one of the pastors here at Goodwill Church. As always, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Jessica Kilduff. Jess, how are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. Good, good. So um, our regular co-host, Senior Pastor John Torres, not here. Vacation. He's on vacation, enjoying life. Um, Hopefully. But, you know, this is an interesting episode. Because it's not just the two of us. It's a little bit of a bittersweet episode. It's going to be um, wonderful. It is going to be good. Here's the thing. So we we had been talking about for a long time, we want to get to know all the pastors of Goodwill Church. And we had a plan. There was a plan in place that we were going to interview all the pastors. And we're still doing that. Um, but then we got some information that one of our pastors is leaving us. And so that moved this up a little bit. We wanted to get a chance to talk with Pastor Josh Stewart, who is with us today. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Good to see you, man. So this is um, this is it. This, this is, is it. the end. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were just saying this is these are my final words to Goodwill. Yeah. So. No pressure. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. No pressure. Wow. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. Our little podcast is you know going to be remembered forever yep. by Goodwill Church. So you know whatever you say now will we'll be, be with you forever. Yep. That's right. Um, no, but this is you know. So yesterday you were just in New Paltz for the you know you launched this place, you, you helped grow it, and you had your last Sunday yesterday, which was an emotional time, and, and we're going to get into some of this. Um, but really, you know, we want to we wanna start, I think, just asking, you know, as you think back over your time here at Goodwill Church, you served here, you've attended here for almost 20 years, um, and you've served here for half of that time. I was kind of curious, you know, walk us through, what's it, what stands out in your time at Goodwill Church? Yeah, I think... Uh, the, the first thing that stands out is what you just said, and that is, you know, 20 years. 20 years is a long time. And, and when you think about just kind of the arc of a life, you know, imagine a good life being 80 years. That's a, that's a quarter of someone's life. Yeah. So, you, so you realize that there's just an incredible investment. Um, the other thing that's kind of unique is, is I didn't serve as a pastor here for 20 years. Right. I, I came as a congregant. And, and so when you come somewhere, it becomes a place that, that you kind of get used to, you become part of, you assimilate into, and really, goodwill will always be the place that the call came out of that. There was there was a sense of call back in college. I, I really believe that God had called me to that, but it was goodwill where that happened. And, and so that'll never be undone. No matter what I do in ministry, mm-hmm. no matter where I go from this point forward, goodwill will always be ground zero for that. And so... so it's a it's a deeply emotional time as uh, you read in my blog. My wife and I wrote a blog on Friday, and uh, you know you can you can sense the the deep emotion that we feel. We entitled that blog "Leaving Home" because that's really what mm. goodwill is. And so so as we look at this time of transition, it really is a time of releasing uh, the the better part of our lives, the better part of our marriage. We've been married twenty six years. We've been here twenty of them. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. You know, your story of um, attending here and then becoming a pastor here is a theme among the pastors of Goodwill Church. And it's weird for me. From the outside, I've (laughs) never seen anything like this before, where it's you and Jose and Tim and Ken all were here as attenders, 
before you became pastors here. Yeah. I've never seen that before in my life. That's four of the six pastors yeah. that I've served with here. I, I mean, I it's incredible to me. Yeah. Um, and you were instrumental in bringing up some a couple of these pastors too. Sure. Yeah, and and so I wonder if you could talk through that. Um, kind of your role in bringing up other leaders in, yeah, in think, the life of the church. Well, I think it, it lends itself to the fact that Goodwill has always been a church that develops leaders. And and when we think about the uh, the history of Goodwill, I mean, if you do even a cursory study of the history of Goodwill over the last hundred years, you can see a deep influence of Goodwill in our region. Mm -hmm. uh, churches, other churches that started out of Goodwill throughout its history, uh, people that broke off, there were there were you know, people that left the church to start a church. Yeah. So, so Goodwill has kind of this DNA of raising up leaders. And I think as, as we watched, you know, kind of Pastor Stu really pour into Pastor John Torres. Right. Uh, and, then, and then John just kind of continued that trend line of what Goodwill has always been. And so he really poured into me and kind of, you know, the, the greatest mistake I always say that you could make is telling Pastor John, you think you're called to be a pastor. Because <laughs> well, he made that mistake. Like, I, I forgot when I listened that John himself yes. was an attender here yep. before he became a pastor. Yes. So yeah. he yeah. learned well. You yeah. tell, you know, he told Stu became a pastor. That's it. Rest of us told him. Well, and I think and I think that lends itself to the fact of what the church, not not goodwill, what the church should be. Mm. It should be a place where disciples make disciples make disciples and naturally organically some of the those disciples are going to rise up into high level leadership positions. You know, and I yeah. and I think about the pastors, but I also think about people like Portia Portia Green. Yeah. You know, yeah. and 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 someone like Portia who now is serving in this substantial ministry position and she came up through Goodwill. Yeah. So so we really have cultivated a sense of this being a place where leaders develop. And, and we've put a high priority on that. And so any of that leadership development that I did with Pastor Ken or others really is, is based in the fact that that was what was given to me, I gave to others. Mm. So do you have any like epic goodwill memories Oh, I know man. it's been a long time, so maybe it's hard to pick out like one. Or yeah, this is this is a half hour program. All right, hold on. <laughs> I also have to say that there is a particular country singer that we don't have like copyright rights to be able to probably name drop here. Right. So probably gonna leave her out of this. Yeah. Just gonna say yes. everybody who knows we knows. Probably will. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's probably not the most epic that's of all good. things. And and you know, I mean, that was probably one of the most memorable of all things. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think there's 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 a lot of epic stories. There's a lot of amazing stories. There's a lot of hysterical stories. <laughs> stories that just you know we we would we would laugh until we cry. But um, but I think for me, it really always circulates around the community coming together. And and so for me, when I look back on, for example, some of the epic stuff that we've done, I think the concerts have been epic. And and. I want to tell you, as, as the person that's overseen the concert ministry, I was not a believer at first. I, I really was not sold on, on the concert ministry. I was not sold on Christian music. Um, and, and so when, when Pastor John kind of had this idea, this vision of, of being a, a hub for concerts, I was like, oh, really? And that was one of those areas where we just kind of went along with it. And then now having seen it, 2011 was our first concert. Wow. Having seen what God has done over these last nine years, man, that has been incredible. So we've had some epic concerts. I think about Mercy Me. I think about Carrie Job and Jeremy Camp. So we've had some really epic concerts. Um, we have a, a variety of other epic experiences. I think 
whenever we got together for the Senior Saints Banquet, it was pretty epic. I think uh, the <laughs> leadership dinners have been epic. Those are amazing. I, I mean, anytime you get Mike Antonucci and Marcos in onesies, oh, come you on. know, <laughs> those are epic times. Those oh. are that. That is just that's epic. That's. So. <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate the the shot out the door with the onesie. That's good. All right. <sighs> okay. No, but I mean that's that's I think part of of you know pastors we can often focus on the really like oh there was this great um, moment of outreach or there was this great mm-hmm. but sometimes the most formative things that can happen to people's lives are the fun things yeah. the memory yeah. making that well, we do. It's the yeah. relationship. Right. It is growing. a relationship. And, and and when I think back, I mean. When you hear about what what matters most to people, it's always about those times that that you were there. So you know, no one, no one, with with me leaving, no one's writing me a a, a letter saying, you know, that that message you shared on, you know, Habakkuk chapter two, man, that was just that changed my life. You know, I, what it is is it, it's those moments where, you know, they were at their worst place, and a smile or a hug or a prayer or a kind word. Uh, the time that a loved one was in the hospital and you showed up and, and just prayed. Um, so so often, it's just the ministry of presence. Mm. It's the ministry of being there. And I think that really has been the greatest gift that I've been able to experience as a pastor, is being invited into those moments, and sometimes being you know, the representation of God's presence in those moments. That's the 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 real epic. I mean, all the rest of the stuff is fun epic, yeah. but real ministry epic is just those moments where God shows up when when you have nothing but Him to trust in. So we we've talked a little bit about kind of your moments and your and and kind of the way that you've formed others mm-hmm. through your ministry. I'm curious. You know, you've you've gone. Um, you've been at Goodwill since 2001. You've seen the the huge growth of Goodwill Church. You've seen uh, some of the some of the worst things that can happen in ministry have happened during your time here. Yep. Um, but then you've also seen this new paradigm of ministry with multi-site really develop. And and one of your uh, really important roles at Goodwill Church was helping oversee the expansion mm-hmm. of Goodwill. And so I wonder, in what way has your time here at Goodwill formed you as a pastor, as yeah. you as you head out of here? I mean, you talked about this is kind of like leaving home. Yeah. I'm curious, what are some of the things that stand out in the own for, your own formation yeah. here? I, I mean, the word that I'll use is comprehensive. I said to Enid uh, recently, I said, you know... <laughs> I don't think there's anything at Goodwill Church that I haven't at one point or another had my hand in. Mm. And and so when you have that comprehensive experience of church ministry, you know, going back to the years that I that I oversaw the VBS program, uh, going back to years where I hosted small groups, going back to, you know, the, the variety of different ministries that we do, my role as pastor of worship arts and youth, um, there's just all these different spheres that that... I've had the privilege of being invited into at one point or another during my time. And so when I look at kind of the, the, the framework, you know, when we talk about the lens through which we look at ministry, that is uh, through the lens of goodwill. And, and I think some of this is going to be an adjustment for me because there's just this uh, accommodation. It's kind of like when you're part of a family and then you go live with another family mm. and you go, wow, why do they do it that way? That's so strange. <laughs> so part of this is going to be me kind of adapting to another family, another culture, understanding, and, and really bringing the best of what I have from my family of origin, which is Goodwill Church, into play in this new uh, context, into this new family. 
I, when you were talking about that you were the um, the pastor over the minister, the worship ministry yeah. and worship arts, and I was like, oh, that's how I got my start. Yeah, it's because of you. Yeah. I was doing PowerPoint. I'll cry now. They told me. They were yep. like, don't cry. Yep. I'm going to cry a little bit. Listen, I mean, it, come it, on. Listen, I got to tell you, come if you on. didn't cry, I would have felt jet. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some just tears in this, right? Well, I remember Definitely. I was doing PowerPoint, and a couple of people had said like, oh, you should get involved in worship arts. And my husband was like, why don't you just... Like they're telling you to go. And I'm like, nope, if I'm really, I, I'm, so, it's so outside of my comfort zone that like, if God wants me there, somebody will tell me to go. And I was in the back parking lot and you're like, Hey Jess, we're starting this thing and you'll be there. It's on Mondays at seven. And I was like, all right, God, I'll be there on Mondays at seven. Amen. And you were obedient, you know? And I, I think the words I used was Jess, God loves you. And I have a wonderful plan for your that's life. That's how we recruit people <laughs> that's, for that's things right. here. That's right. Yeah. And you know? I was like, you know, in the second year of my marriage, very pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, you what were. is even you happening were. here? And, and it was <laughs> funny because you didn't get volunteered you got voluntold yeah and it was like yeah you're going to be a part of this and and now to see your place in the worship ministry and what that's been and what that's meant to so many people throughout the years jess your consistency your stability your excellence and and how you set that bar at that level those are things that that when you look at it i mean part of part of what i want to say today is the thing that i rejoice most about goodwill is to see how people have grown into the fullness of who God dreams them to be. And that, as a pastor, that's the payoff right there. It's, it's not about my ministry. It's not about what I accomplish in ministry. It's about the fact that I get to be a part. I, I have a ringside seat for the work of God in people's lives, and that if I get a chance to move the ball down the field for them, to, to, to plug them into that next step, and then that next step, and then that next step, that's the work of God, because that's being a disciple that makes disciples, that then makes disciples. And so, uh, you know, you're one example. Another is, is Jeff DeMatty. I mean, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest joys of my life in Goodwill Church was to get out of the way, because he's <laughs> so much better than me, you know? And so there was, there was not one person that has said at Goodwill Montgomery, you know, Pastor Josh, we really miss you leading worship there. <laughs> not one person. Amen. Because you raised a great leader. That's it. And, and, and so the idea is you identify the leader, you pour into the leader, and then you get out of the way of the mm. leader. And, and so part of this, even though I know this is all God-ordained, part of this is also me making space at Goodwill Church for other leaders to step up. And, and when I look at the leaders in Goodwill, as a senior associate pastor, I see guys like Jose, guys like Marcos, guys like Ken and Tim stepping into new places. I, I really believe that God is, you know, again, moving me onto that next place so that I can also make space for other leaders to step into the fullness of their giftings. So, so let's talk a little bit about that next space, because yeah. I, think, I think people might be curious, you know, you, the Lord is calling you into this next yeah. phase of ministry, and, you know, 20 years attending and serving at Goodwill. Yeah. You've got another 20, 30 years 40 years if we're, you know, wow. really going wow. out there. <laughs> Listen, man, just keep going. Um, He's really signing you up. I, I, um, I, I, don't want my wife to, uh, I don't want my wife to hear this one because she's like, 40 years of ministry. I know. Yeah. I, well, you know, yeah. you're, you're welcome, young. Denise. Our, our gift to you yes. is praying for 40 more 40 years more of years. pastoral Praise ministry. Praise God. No, but, um, so I'll be 60 by that time. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just, you know, what what are you excited about? Like, yeah. what's the thing that really is is um, got you jazzed to use a Josh word? Yeah. Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? Why? What? What's What's so exciting? I I think what I will say about this change is 
you know, this is my first time ever moving from a pastorate to another pastorate. Right? Yeah. And and so, you know, unless you've done this, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and so I can remember really, you know, people have asked me, so how did this how does this work? How does the issue of call work? And and what I want to say first is call belongs to God, not mm-hmm. to me, not to a church, not to a denomination. It's affirmed by all those other things, but call belongs to God. And so I immediately, you know, as I started sensing just these stirrings, these weird stirrings, I thought it was COVID. I thought it was, you know, <laughs> island fever. I've been in my house, and I thought it was COVID. And, and really, it was actually COVID-19 that slowed me down enough to, to really lean in to really lean in and hear God. You remember remember me talking all about, you know, that this is a forced Lenten season and all those different things. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm sharing all this for everybody else when in actuality <laughs> it was actually me mm. that needed to hear. Mm. And, and I was the one that needed to hear God say, listen, I have something else. Your time at Goodwill is drawing to a close. I've prepared you all those years for this next place. And that's that's how he does it. That's what he does. He he doesn't waste anything. He's the greenest God ever. He recycles <laughs> and redeems everything for that next place. Mm. And so I was undone by this because in my mind, I was at Goodwill for the entirety of my career. And and I've I've said that openly. I meant it openly. I was content. I believed that I would be here for the entirety of my career. And when God said your time at Goodwill is coming to a close, I immediately did two things that I'm so thankful that I did. The first thing is that I immediately contacted five people who have been mentors in my life, mm. most of them pastors, but five people that were mentors. And I immediately called them individually, and I said, hey, I need your help. I'm having a sense of what God is doing. I don't know if it's God speaking or the or the you know dinner I had last <laughs> night, so help me out here. I want to I hear and discern this clearly. The second thing that I did is I hired a coach, a pastoral coach, and I said, I don't know what I'm doing, never done this before, help me out. And so I had these godly men to walk me through this process and really discern the will of God. Now, what I didn't know is that God had already had that position forged. They had been waiting for me for 20 months. Wow. 20 months. So so the former pastor has taken a district superintendent position, very uh, high-level leader, fantastic guy, and they've been waiting for the next pastor for now 20 months. Very, very healthy church, very solid church, very similar church to Goodwill, mm. and in particular, Goodwill New Pulse. And so uh, looking at kind of what God has done in all of this, I realized that he's kind of laid everything out for that. To, to get back to your question, Marcos, I think what jazzes me is the fact that God has prepared me and uniquely gifted me for that next place. Mm. And so what really jazzes me is, how do I step into that next place and use all this stuff that I've, I'm bringing from Goodwill, all this wealth of experience, all this wealth of gifting, and bring that to bear so that God's kingdom could be furthered in this new setting? So one of the, one of the things that you are taking to this new place um, is something that I've seen even develop in my couple of years here, but really was developing is this love for church planting. Yeah. This love for, for seeing people be sent out and do a new thing in a new place. Um, that started with you launching New Paltz. Yeah. And, you know, New Paltz is almost six years old now. Yeah. And, and for people who don't know church planting, I think they need to know this. Church plants normally don't make it out of the first year. Right. Those things die quick. Yeah. So for Goodwill to have three branches now that are beyond that first year is is pretty impressive. It is. Um, 
So I wonder that that church planter's heart. Uh-huh. How do you see that maybe continuing to work out in your next in, in your next venture with Bedford? Yeah, uniquely, um, one of the things that the leadership of Bedford first asked me is, "Would you be interested in doing multi-site locations here?" Mm. And and I'm like. Let, let me let me get in my office first. Like let's let's let me get in the door. You know, talk about God loves you and and I have a wonderful plan for your life. Right. I I said I said look, you know, I'm uniquely gifted in this because this is what I did and this was kind of something that God birthed in me. And and not only did I have the opportunity to really lean into this at Goodwill, but also lean into it even at a at a national level with right. the General Assembly and with our National Church Planting Board. And and so you know just to be involved in some of those higher-level conversations, um, yes, I, I do feel uniquely equipped to be able to do that. Um, our vision, as as you might remember, when I was pastor of vision implementation... No, no, no. Hold <laughs> on. To, Let me be to. clear. I, I want to be super to. clear about to. this. Officially, the title changed, but unofficially... You You'll have never, never stopped being the pastor of vision implementation. And I don't care never if you are title. senior pastor for the rest. Of, you are the pastor of vision implementation Amen. in the Ortega household. Like, that's, that's just good. the way it goes. That's, so. I, listen, and, and I wear that. I wear that joyfully because <laughs> because even though we made fun and, and poked fun at the title, it, it really is. I mean, the work of the church is to implement the vision of God right. for that particular unique body. And so it, the title was spot on. And um, and I and I think for me, our vision was to repopulate the Hudson Valley from Albany to New York City with gospel-centered witness. I don't believe God's called me away from that vision. Mm. We're going to be in Westchester. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the church in Upper Westchester. There are not many churches, evangelical, solid evangelical churches, in that that area. And and so when I think about Westchester County, I think about opportunities that are there. Um, I, I think about Putnam County. I think about areas that that are kind of off the radar of where Goodwill would be. We're, you got we're we're kind of on this side of the of the river, right? And and I'm looking at now Westchester and and even into Connecticut. So so the vision is as churches close because they're closing by the dozens. Well, COVID killed a lot too, right? COVID is yeah. going to expedite yeah. that 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 death of churches. We want to now replenish it and repopulate it. And so that really is my heart. My heart is a church planter's heart, and, and they know that, and, and that was part of what attracted mm-hmm. them with me coming in, is the vision that, hey, not only could we do something really special here in Bedford, Bedford Hills, um, but that we could do something that would stretch beyond that. So um, one of the other things that we've talked a lot about over the last, especially the last few months, but the last couple of years, mm-hmm. is um, this growing desire to see justice really lived out in the life of the church. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that as well and, and why that has become so important to you um, and, and how you see yourself still living that out as you keep going forward. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the, the centerpiece of all of this is the gospel, and the gospel informs us of all of this. Scripture informs us of this and the importance of this. And, and so for me, um, one of the things that I prayed for when I, when I talk about you know, this idea of moving to Bedford and kind of how do I feel my way through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this next call. And, and let me just speak for a second about that. I mean, when I say God was crystal clear about that this was the next place, I mean, it was, we made a list of things. My wife and I kind of had this list in our mind. These are the things that we want to see. These are the things that we're asking God to meet us on. Every single box was checked. 
And one of those boxes, which was vitally important to us, was we want to be pastors of a church that's broadly diverse, that's transgenerational, that's um, trans-ethnic, that's trans-denominational even, you know? And, and so we got to see, because Goodwill is really all of those things, and, and, and it's very exciting to be able to minister in that context. Bedford is all of those things. And, and, and to see the broad diversity, the mosaic of different people from different backgrounds that make up that congregation was very, very exciting to us. Um, I, I think the, the picture that I have is that when you have a church that's operating under a kingdom ethic, where people from different tongues and tribes and nations, people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from, from uh, different experiences, different educational levels, different generations, come together and really form community, I think that's one of the greatest witnesses to Christ and to His Church, the validity of the gospel. When you then have a group of people like that who, who make it a point to say, hey, these are important things, we have to live these out, we have to model these, we have to work for these in, in society, it, it doesn't supplant the gospel, I think it enhances the gospel. And what I mean by that is, it's the outworking of the gospel. Martin Luther famously said these words, he says, we are justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. And I think that's the picture that I have of uh, the, the biblical justice of our day. Because the, the danger is, th- there is that line, right? I mean, we saw it at the end of the 1800s, where the social gospel kind of went in a direction where it was no longer about the Bible, or the gospel, or the, or the need for salvation, regeneration, any of those things. And that's not a healthy thing, because you, you can't change the world without the gospel. The, the change in the world is the centerpiece of the gospel. But if we just make it about gathering on Sunday mornings and worshiping our God and then going back to our homes and not doing anything to be salt and light in the world and to address the issues of our day, then we've forsaken the reality of what God has called us to be as the church. And so I think that's the, the balance that we're trying to strike in all of this. I think that's the, the difficulty of this. The hardest part for us, really, is the battle we fight with the fact that we get people for maybe an hour, hour and a half each week, and the news channels and social media gets them for hours upon hours yeah. upon hours. And so, um, you know, to me, calling people back to the centrality of the scriptures, to the centrality of our traditions and our creeds is really something that I'm very excited about. And, and interestingly enough, was something that the church was very excited about. They were really excited that... Um, I was going to demand and kind of bring in this idea of robust theology. I want us to be I want us to be biblically and scripturally deep. Awesome. Yeah. So when you think back to your time at Goodwill, the place, not the people, but yeah. the place, like where are some special places? Because I'm sure you have probably more than one yeah. because you've been in so many different campuses. You know, you were sure. here in the in the historic sanctuary. You were here sure. when this building was being built. You were here obviously, when New Paltz was started. Mm-hmm. So like when you think back, if you were, you know, 10 years from now, five years from now to come back and walk the campus, what are some places that you would walk in and Boy. be like, wow, like, yeah, like there's, this there's is so a place many. for me. I mean, I, I have a feeling that, um, you know, there's there's going to be great changes in particular to the CE building in the coming years, you know, but one of the one of the first connections that I had was years before I came to Goodwill, I was actually playing drums for a friend of mine who we used to host coffee houses downstairs in the CE building. 
And, and so one of my first real introductions to the campus of Goodwill was down in that room where we had the, the wood paneling on the walls, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, and so that, that room, we've had a lot of great experiences. And remember, we used to do youth group down there. And so that room holds a, a, a deep importance to me. My first office at Goodwill was right upstairs, and so the offices upstairs are important in the CE building. The historic sanctuary will always be, again, kind of the, the centerpiece of it, because that was the first place we walked into, and that was the first place we had this experience with God and with community at Goodwill Church. And so the Lindsay Pullman Chapel will always be uh, incredibly special. I can remember just anointed times of worship where people were packed in like sardines and God was moving in such a powerful, powerful way. Um, when, we, when we look then at the, at the new building, I mean, that was a building we waited for for a long time. And so there was this preparation. I'll never forget, we did an Easter service. We didn't even have the walls up, and we did an Easter sunrise service there. I and was we there froze. and freezing. We had, <laughs> we, our, froze. we had our camping chairs and our blankets, I mean, and you're sitting by the window that they put plastic oh, over, and man. it was, it was and, beautiful and miserable. I mean, I can, I can tell you, uh, you know, any of those Easter sunrise services where my, my fingers are like, glued, melted onto, frozen onto the strings, and you're trying to move your fingers to change the chords, and you're like, I'm just going to sing this a cappella, you know? So all of that, you know, so the, 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 the Family Life Center, as we refer to it, the, the main building, um, has been an incredible place for us. But, but I, I have to say that, you know, when I think about my experience at Goodwill, there's two places above and beyond that that really are sacred to me. One is the community center in New Paltz, which is where we launch the church, and where every Sunday we drive up at 8 o'clock in the morning and set up chairs and get everything ready and then break them down at the end. And, and those were just incredibly beautiful, profound, uh, you know, dare I use the word romantic, the romanticized <laughs> times. You, you just look back on them and you think, oh, there was nothing ever wrong. There was all kinds of stuff wrong, but you have this romantic <laughs> view, overly romanticized view of it. And then, obviously, the, the, the place that New Paltz meets now, which is the old Barnaby's Steakhouse. Um, I would drive by that building every week on the way to the community center and say, that's the building, that's the building. And, and maybe long-term, it isn't, we don't know, but the point is, is for this season, that has been a, an anchor in downtown New Paltz to say the gospel is here. And there have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have come through that building, and, and dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have come to faith in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. at that building. So, you know, place matters. The Bible shows us that place matters. And I think um, Goodwill has always viewed the importance of place, and, and I'm thankful for that robust theology. So, Josh, as our um, time is coming to a close, and, and as I think about that, as, as your time at Goodwill is coming yeah. to a close, right, with this, this last podcast, I wonder, you know, what last words might you have for our congregation? Like, what, what do you want to say? I mean, you have this opportunity to speak to the whole of the Goodwill Church family. Yeah. So I want to just, as we close, give you that opportunity to, to speak to us and, and what really has yeah. the Lord been impressing on your heart during this period of, of transition? Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that I've realized in this whole process is the temporary nature of our lives and the temporary nature of our ministry. Um, one of the things that I would do, another sacred place on our campus, is the cemetery. And I would often walk through and see the tombstones of the pastors that have served before me. 
And uh, I always laughed when Pastor John joked around and said, you know, if I had a bad day, I'd go lay down where, where I'm going to be buried, you know, and just, that, would, that would provide some perspective That's for awesome. me. And I was, I always thought that, that is great, you know, just lay there and just, okay, okay, so this is where I'm going to be. Um, I think this idea that we really all are here temporarily, and, and I think me leaving serves as a reminder that nothing is permanent. Just when we, when we have it maybe the way we want it or the way we like it, God is going to change that because we're on a journey to what is permanent. And, and that journey matters, and that's why I left Wall Street and, and left all of that career corporate stuff to give my life away for the call of the gospel. That happened at Goodwill. I can never undo that. I would never want to undo that. And so I think what I would say as I, as I leave, especially to the people of Goodwill, is keep doing what you're doing. We've done this for nearly 300 years here at Goodwill Church. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep prioritizing the centerpiece of Jesus Christ and the gospel. And I, and I think that really is, you know, give your life away for this. Give your, give your time away for this. Give your money away for this. Give yourself fully. Uh, in, in, in sports terms, we, we have this expression, you know, let's leave it all on the field. Mm. And the idea was, for the time that you're playing, you give everything that you've got because then we have all eternity to rest. So, so let's leave it all on the field. That's, that's the first thing I'd say, is leave it all on the field. And then the second thing I'd say in closing is, is just thank you. I, I am eternally indebted to the people of Goodwill Church. I'm internal, uh, eternally indebted to uh, the people who have loved us and cared for us and prayed for us and poured into us. Uh, my wife, my, my kids, my parents, the love that we've been shown, it, it's, it actually makes me feel undone because I know it's love that I just do not deserve, and yet I receive. And so that has been possibly the greatest demonstration of God's grace and love in our lives is the love that we've experienced and, and, and received from the people of Goodwill Church. And that is the, 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 the impetus that takes us to this next place to serve knowing that we will do so, launched out, sent out by Goodwill Church. Amen. Well, brother, thank you for being on this episode. And, and as, you know, as we say goodbye, we do. We say thank you for uh, 10 years that you served as a pastor, for years before that that you served as an intern, and in just being a part of the congregation. Um, your, your mark has been left on Goodwill Church, and so thank you for uh, serving with us, serving well while you were here. We are praying for you. We love you. We cannot wait to see what God's going to do uh, with the remainder of your ministry. So thank you, Josh, for being here, and, uh, and thank all of you for listening to this episode of Goodwill Talk. We will see you again next week. Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you. To listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app. And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.